0: everybody all right glory to god now i didn't ask yet how everybody's thanksgiving was did you have a good thanksgiving amen i trust that you had an excellent one because i know i did we had good food good fellowship good fun and uh Thank God for a lot of things. Uh, we're, I'll tell off on of myself. We <laughs> were watching uh, Father of the Bride 2. And that's where the, the mom and then the daughter both get pregnant at the same time. You ever seen it before? Oh my goodness. I'm sitting there watching the movie, thinking about Brooke. I'm crying. Watching a comedy on, on, T, on, on my TV, sitting in my room, asked Riley. She kept looking over at me. And it was like, uh, excuse me. It was like, I felt like I had it under control. You know what I'm talking about, Ron? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, it was just like, it was so overwhelming to me. When I said to God, thank you. Okay, God, I want to show Him how it was. Okay. (laughs) But it was just so. (laughs) He's so amazing. Our God is so good. He loves each one of you. He believes in each one of you. We have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. I know that sometimes people say, well, I, I, I don't, Pastor Dan. I don't have a lot. Well, are you born again? I said, are you born again? Because if you're born again, that right there is enough to shout about throughout all eternity. Amen. We have a lot to be happy about. We have a lot to be joyful about. Glory to God. And and, and if we really believe our best days are before us, and I believe it, how about you? Then we, we ought to be thanking Him in advance. He's already done so much for me in my life. Where he's brought me from, to where he's brought me to, to where he's taking me. I'm going to lift my voice and praise him. Glory to God. But, Thanksgiving wasn't all good. Because on Thanksgiving Day, the Dallas Cowboys got whooped. Really bad. I mean, really bad. I'm a big cowboy fan. Obviously, you can tell that. But anyway, um, uh, <laughs> But how many know, as many wins as the Cowboys might win, as many losses as the Cowboys might lose, that does not impact my eternal destiny, does it? My son's shaking his head, yeah. <laughs> it is God's team. Was, never mind. No, it can't be God's team. They, never mind. But there is one thing that matters, isn't it? That does impact our eternal destiny. Is Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life? Have you made Him your Lord and Savior? Because if you have, you're now a part of the winningest team ever. I said you're a part of the winningest team of all time. You will never, ever suffer defeat if you're a part of God's team. Now you might say, well, Pastor Dan, I've... I've fallen down, I've made mistakes, I've fallen short of the mark. Did you get it back up? Because with God, as long as you keep getting up, as long as you don't give up, victory is yours. I like to envision this, I mean, you know, being a sports guy like me and Casey are. It's a joke for those who don't know. But anyway, I like to envision me standing at the plate and the devil's pitching. And I'm standing up here and every time he throws it looks like it's going to be a fastball and it's a curveball, I swing and miss. The next one is a fastball, I'm expecting a curveball, I swing and miss. And I can do this. Keep missing, swinging and missing, swinging and missing, swinging and missing. And the devil might be looking at me screaming at me, "That's three strikes, you're out." I can say, "It don't matter." I can keep on swinging because I belong to God's team. you got to keep throwing. And eventually, hallelujah, eventually, I'm going to hit that ball, smack it right out of that ballpark. As long as I don't give up. As long as I don't quit, I win. Woo! We are a part of the winningest team of all time. And as a result, what does the Bible say? In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 from the Amplified. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies, as trophies of Christ's victory. What did Jesus get for winning? The fight against the devil, overcoming the devil, defeating the devil? He got you and me. We are the trophies of Christ's victory. And again, and I'm, maybe I'm simple about that, but that's okay. In my mind, I've watched different players on different teams, whether it's the football, the NFL, or baseball, Major League Baseball, or the National Basketball Association. <clears throat> it don't matter. Those guys take that trophy, and they bring it to their chest, and they hug it, and they kiss it. That's what I picture Jesus does with me. He pulls me to his chest, hugs me, gives me a kiss on each cheek. Say, I love you, Daniel. That, that there makes me a happy man. Glory to God. We're trophies of Christ's victory. I said, We're trophies of Christ's victory. Now last week we began to look at the first of three ways that we can demonstrate to the world. Christ's victory and Satan's defeat. Number one is this. We have got to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God and live and reign on this earth as kings and priests. As kings and priests. Now we looked at the fact, and again I'm not going to go back and look at all the scriptures that we covered, that God created man... To have dominion on this earth. To rule and reign upon this earth. I mean we saw scriptures in Genesis. We saw scriptures in Psalms. God created man to rule and reign upon this earth. But then what happened? Adam sinned in the garden. They turned that authority over to the devil. How do we know this? In Luke chapter 6. We see what that the devil took Jesus up. To a high place. And tempted him. Uh, He took him up on a high mountain. This is Luke 4 verse 5. Took him up on a high mountain. Showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him. All this authority I will give you. And their glory. For this has been delivered to me. In other words. Adam and Eve gave it to me. The devil. When they yielded to the temptation. And entered into sin. And then he goes on to say, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you, speaking to Jesus, will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. In other words, where Adam and Eve failed and yielded to the temptation, Jesus did not fail and did not yield to the temptation. Amen. Jesus did not sin. He simply overcame the devil's temptations by speaking forth the word of God. Do you think it's important for you to know what the word says? Oh, it's so important. You need to know what the Bible says. Amen. Then we looked at Romans 5.17 from the Amplified. The Bible says, In verse 17 of Romans 5, and again, I'm going to read this from the Amplified. For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned through that one. Who's that speaking about? That's through Adam. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, his unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as king's. In life, through the one man, Jesus Christ. Again, I ask you this morning, how many of you received God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness that comes when you got born again? If that's true, then what does that mean we're supposed to be doing right here? Thank you. We're called to be ruling and reigning in the earth right now, aren't we? I say we're called to be ruling and reigning in the earth right now. Yet how many Christians fail to do that? How many Christians are allowing the devil to run roughshod over their lives? Over their children? Over their businesses? Over their jobs? How many Christians are failing to rule and reign in this life? We also saw In Revelations chapter 1 and Revelations chapter 5. That we have been made kings and priests unto our God. Have been made. It's already a done deal. Have been made kings and priests. We're called to rule and reign in the earth today. I know for a lot of us this is hard to grasp. Because it really doesn't make sense to us. But the bottom line is, is that what the Bible says? Is this what the Bible says? Because if it's what the Bible says, we're called to rule and reign. And we're going to get into that in just a moment, how we're supposed to rule and reign. And once we get into how we're supposed to rule and reign, guess what that means to you, as well as myself. We need to do it. I said we need to do it. But oh, my friends, what this opens you and me up to is so glorious, so incredible, so powerful thank you Jesus we also took the time to look at how Jesus got back all the authority that Adam lost way back in the garden after his resurrection he came and he said to his disciples that includes you and me by the way all authority this is Matthew 28 all authority has been given to me Jesus is speaking here all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth Go therefore, go therefore, I am now commissioning you to go. I'm giving you my authority to go. You have been authorized by Jesus Christ, the King of kings, to go forth in the earth today and rule and reign. It says here to go and and make disciples of all the nations. Mark 16, it says this, continuing with the same commission. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. In my name, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In other words, we now have authority over the devil and all of his cohorts. We now have authority over sickness and disease. We now have authority over poverty and lack. Woo, glory to God. We have authority over all darkness. Everything pertaining to the kingdom of darkness. If you have anything of the kingdom of darkness in your home, you need to get it out. You have authority over it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. So for the remainder of our time on this earth, we're called to do what? Succumb to the attacks of the devil. Let him come and do what he wants to do because he's bigger and badder than we are. That's what Hollywood tells us. Or are we supposed to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost, in the authority that comes in that wonderful name above all names and tell the devil to take a hike? Oh, friends, I want you to catch this. There is no reason whatsoever for the devil to be running roughshod over any Christian's life. The only reason that happens is because either Christians are ignorant to the fact that they have been authorized by the King of Kings. Or, for whatever reason, they're choosing not to do it. I don't know about you. But as for me and my house, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to operate in the authority he has delegated to me. Because I don't want the devil in my house. How about you? Amen. Glory to God. Stop and think about this. Throughout the earthly ministry of Jesus. He exercised what? You read through the gospels. Gospel accounts. Jesus exercised his authority and dominion in the earth didn't he he had to dominion, dominion over demons he had dominion over sickness and disease he had dominion over the wind and the waves he had dominion over everything in the earth did you hear that yeah pastor dan but that's jesus he's the son of god of course he could do it let me tell you something if that is still your mentality in this church you need to get that out i said you need to get that out jesus did not do (coughs) excuse me what he did as the son of god the bible tells us in philippians chapter 2 that jesus laid aside his power all of his glory and became a man just like you and me in fact If you study it out, Jesus didn't do any miracles, performed absolutely no miracles until he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. And the Bible says then in Acts 10, 38, how he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Think about that. We have the very same Holy Spirit in our lives. Resting upon you and me, we have the same power that Jesus was operating in our lives. Oh, I hope you're catching what I'm saying there. That's one of the reasons that, that Paul prayed there in the Ephesian prayers. I don't remember if it's Ephesians one or Ephesians three, about that we would come to know the exceeding abundant. Uh, uh, let's just go there. Ephesians, go there real quickly. Ephesians. Is it one or is it three? It's the first prayer. Ephesians chapter one. This is the prayer. I'll start from verse that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory. This is Ephesians 117. May give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of, his, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And so that we may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. The Bible says this, I mean, that, that verse says, I mean, in the Amplified, in the Amplified says it this way. So that we may know and understand what is the immeasurable an unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. That's a Holy Ghost inspired prayer. God wants us to know about that power. Do you understand there is no power like that power anywhere? I'm going to take you on a little journey real quick. This is totally off of my notes, but that's cool. Was atomic power on the, in the earth before they discovered it? Yes. Thank you. What, what, any power that we're able to use today, electricity, let's, use, let's go to electricity, was electricity in the earth before it was discovered? It was. But it had to be discovered In order to be used. They had to come to understand it. In order to use it. It was always there. See that's the problem with Christians. We got the power in us. But too many Christians don't understand that it's there. Nor how how to use it. You got the same power. That raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Living in you and me. It's in me. I got God's power in me. Woo. Woo. And, and, and oh, boy, I tell you. And we have the authority to use it. We have the authority to use it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's in us. Why don't we use it? I have the legal right to use it. Do you think the devil can stand against God's power? <laughs> Cancer tries to come on your body. Do you not believe that the healing power of God is greater than that? Do you not believe it? That if 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 cancer tried to come and it came up against the healing power of God, that cancer is going to overcome the healing power of God? Or do you believe that the healing power of God is going to... I was going to kick the cancers to took but... That's the way I look at this. Sorry. And I'm not sorry because I want you to get a hold of this. So many times. A person will go to the doctor. The doctor gives you a bad report. The first thing that goes through your mind. Oh, woe is me. What am I going to do? I must be going to die. No, you're not if you're a Christian. You've got the healing power of God in you. And you have the right, the legal right, to use that power. To come against that cancer or whatever it is. Amen. Woo. Does this not get you excited just a little bit? Thank you, Jesus. If Jesus did what he did as the son of God. How in the world could we ever fulfill what Jesus himself said we're supposed to do in John 14, 12. Most assuredly I say to you. He who believes on me shall do the same works that I did do. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. How could we do it if Jesus did what he did as God? You ain't God. You're a child of God now, praise you, Jesus. You have access to the power of God. It's in you. You have the legal right to use that power. My point is, Jesus did what he did as a man anointed with the Spirit hallelujah and he used his authority the authority given to him to come against the devil did jesus ever get frightened when he faced the devil did you ever find jesus for lack of a better way of saying it freaking out i mean when he came across the sea got to the other side and the demoniac was there waiting on him that was that guy was filled with what is a thousand demons mean you think we get freaked up watching, when well, you shouldn't be, but if you watch the movie with one little demon inside of a person, blah, 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 and everybody's like, ah! Just think, think about fa- facing someone with a thousand demons in him. And, and listen, he was so supernaturally strong that he would tear the, the, the chains apart that held him. There was nobody that came around this dude. Jesus just walked right up to him. Who are you? What's your name? Get out of him. Oh, oh, Jesus, why do you come to us before your time? Ah, where am I going? Ah, go See those pigs over there, Jesus? Let us go on the pig. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Get in them. Guess what you are. You're a pig. In Jesus' name, go over there. And, the, you know, go, those demons all go on the pigs. The pigs go jump off into the water and die. The bottom line, I'm trying to get across to you. Jesus operated in divine authority while he was here on the earth. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Is this possibly true for you and me? Can we really rule and reign on the earth today? I mean, do we really believe what Romans 5.17 says there? Those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign someday in the sweet by and by. It's not what it says, does it? It says right now in this life. Right now in this life through the one jesus christ so does that mean if a tornado is bearing down on your house you can step out on the front porch and say tornado i demand you to go in jesus name and that tornado will go pastor dan did jesus not speak to the wind and the waves Did he not say, peace, be still, and the wind and the waves obeyed him? Does that mean that if you go into your bedroom and your child is lying there sick with a fever, that you could go up there and look at that child and say, fever, I demand you get off of my child in Jesus' name? Fully believing that that fever is going to obey you? Is that possible? People like, you know, I'm telling you, you live this way, you're going to get criticized. You know what? A lot of times, and I'm talking about, obviously, the world's going to criticize us. I'm talking about fellow Christians. They, they, they think that if we're living like this, we're trying to be like Jesus. Duh. is that what it's all about? Aren't we called to be like him? Aren't we called to live like him? Didn't he give us an example of how we're supposed to live? Amen. This is something I want you to catch. Jesus came to be an example for you and me as to how we're supposed to live while we're on this earth. But it, it ain't going to happen unless you do it. Brother Hagin, I remember this, and I'll just you know, give it as brief, because I've said it before to you, shared it with you before. Brother Hagin was called up to heaven and was standing right there before Jesus. And Jesus started to give him a message. When all of a sudden, a little demon comes running out. He said it looked like a monkey. Stood there and started going yakity, 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 yak. Yuck. And every time he was going yakity, 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 yak, yuck, a big smoke screen came up. To the point that not only Brother Hagin couldn't hear Jesus, he couldn't even see him. And Jesus, he could see that Jesus could see through it a little bit and see that Jesus' mouth was still moving, but he couldn't hear him. And that little demon was going yakity, 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 yuck. Finally, Brother Hagin said, Shut up in Jesus' name. And he said, the very moment he did, that little demon fell down and started whimpering. Now get up and get out of here. And the demon ran, fled, ran away. And, Je- and Brother Hicken looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, why didn't you tell that demon to stop? And he says, I couldn't. What do you mean you couldn't? You mean you wouldn't? No, I said I couldn't. What do you mean? You, I, you couldn't. What do you mean? And, 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 and I can't believe that, Jesus. He said, I'll show you in the word. And he went on to show Jesus three different places, and I think it was four different places in the word, where what has happened is God has delegated this authority to you and me as children of the most high God, and that it's up to you and me to do something about it. Catch that. So many people are crying to God, help me, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. And the Lord is saying, I've already done it. I've already helped you. Just use the authority that is now yours in my name. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm preaching a whole lot better than you're amen right now. Because this is some good stuff, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to God. Woo, thank you, Lord. Woo! Devil can't stand this, by the way. He does not want you to know that you have authority over him. He wants you to believe that he can come and do what he wants to do in your life anytime he wants to. And it's what's so sad is so many Christians allow him to. Let me tell you something. That sh- that must not be the case with you in this church. Because right now, by the Spirit of God, you're being taught that you have authority to rule and reign in this life. You have authority to rule and reign in this life. You have authority to rule and reign in this life. When the devil comes against you, you resist him in Jesus' name. And the Bible says he'll run from you in holy terror. Glory to God. How many believe that will happen? Well, but yesterday, and I sure hope it's going Uh, I don't know if I want it to happen but I sure hope it happens no you got to get persnickety about it you got to get bold about it you got to put your foot down and be bold and tell the devil to get out in Jesus name be bold believe it and if he tries to stick around you say nope devil you gone you gone in Jesus name you can't stay here in Jesus name do not let the devil lie to you and say who do you think you are you know The mistakes you've made in your life. You know the sins you've committed. You think it's going to work for you. It's not going to work for you. I'm going to tell you a little secret here. The devil is a liar. He's feeding you a bunch of junk. And that's why I tell you in this church all the time. If you mess up, fess up, but never give up. Get back up and live for God. Amen. Because see, in the eyes of God, which is really what really matters the most. When you ask God to forgive you in Jesus' name, the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. And removes all that unrighteousness off of your life. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So when the devil tries to bring that junk up, you just tell him, nope. That's under the blood. And my God has not only forgiven me. He has removed that sin as far from me as the east is from the west. And now he chooses not to remember it any longer. Shut the devil up. See, that's called getting your sword out and slicing the devil up. That's what Jesus did. We're called to be like Jesus. Praise you, Lord. What time is it? How much time I got? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I haven't even got to how we do this. (laughs) Rage. Listen, before we get there, let me just say this. As a Christian, you cannot be swayed by others' opinions. And you cannot be swayed by what religion has told us down through the years. We're Christians, right? We're followers of Christ. We're supposed to do things... According to the Bible. The Bible has to be the final authority in your life. I said the Bible has to be the final authority in your life. What does the Bible say? Well, my Bible says we're called to do the works of Jesus. My Bible says we are to walk as Jesus walked. We are to live our lives as Jesus lived his life. Glory to God. The word says we are to rule and reign in this life. Through the one Jesus Christ. That's it. It don't matter what Aunt Susie says. It doesn't matter what what this minister of the gospel over here is telling you. What does the Bible say? I right, let me kind of just share one little story with you before I get off on this other thing. I don't even know if I have time to get off on this other thing. So you're gonna to have to come back next week. No anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, I remember when Brooke and actually James went to Heritage. Uh, uh christian school wonderful school i don't have any issues with it but my daughter was fixing to go on a missions trip and it was a missions trip wasn't it? i think they're going to go overseas and the one of the instructors who was going to lead them had said to the kids you never know we might get killed while we're over there or on the plane ride over there and and brooke came home and said that to me she she's been taught these things she said dad this is what this teacher said and i said that's absolutely wrong and so i went in and i talked to the church administrator and i sat down and i talked to him he knew i was a pastor and a good guy and everything and and i began to say with him oh this this is what they say well you know god in his sovereignty might decide it's time to take them and i looked at him and i said but the bible says this That God will keep us and protect us. And and he'll give his angels charge around about us. And if we're walking out his will and plan for our lives, he will keep us. He will sustain us. So if my daughter is supposed to go on this trip, God will keep her safe. You've heard me say this before. You could be in the middle of the most worst, corrupt, evil place in this world. Gunfire going off all around you. But you're in the will of God. God will keep you while you're there. But you could also be in the most peaceful, quiet place in the whole wide world. Outside of the will of God. and something bad could happen to you. The bottom line to the whole thing is this, guys. God always honors his word. We're called to go and live our lives according to the word. Period. Amen? So let me just get into this real quick. How do we do this? How do we rule and reign in this life? How does a king reign? How does a king reign? Ecclesiastes 8.4 I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this or not. Where the word of a king is, there is power. The Amplified says, for the word of a king is authority and power. And the Living Bible says, the king's command is backed by great power. A king has the legal right to say and do what he believes is best In his kingdom. The place where he has dominion. Did you hear that? And he has the power. Of all of his military. And access to all the finances of his kingdom realm. To back him up. But how does he exercise. This authority. Where the word of a king is. There is power. The king's command. Is backed by great power. For example if a king wants a ditch dug what does he do does he throw on some overalls go get a shovel begin to dig a ditch or does he stay seated on his throne and simply speak the word I want a ditch dug And the moment he speaks the word what happens the people that are part of his kingdom get busy digging the ditch you are a king or a queen you are the one who has authority In your kingdom. In your realm. We are called to simply. Speak the word. Speak the word. I know again. This is one of those things. That so many Christians have issues with. But I don't care. Because I'm going to do. What the Bible tells me to do. The Bible tells me in Proverbs 18. That life and death are in the power of the. Tongue. my words are either containers of life or death my choice i have the authority to speak a word and when i speak a word all of heaven is backing this boy up because see i'm a part of god's kingdom i'm a child of the uh, i'm a child of god i'm a glory to god all i gotta do is speak the word all I got to do is speak the word. And, and, and all of heaven gets busy getting, making sure it comes to pass. Could it really be that easy to rule a reign in the earth, Pastor Day, Oh, it is. What has happened is a lot of religious people have made it more difficult than it really is. Or they've said it really doesn't work for everybody. Or that sometimes God will do it and sometimes God won't do it. God's already done it. He's already done it. And I've been authorized. And all i got to do to operate in this authority. Speak the word. Speak the word. Let me give you one example. I don't know. I probably won't be able to get past this. If I do, if i got more time, I'll give it to you. Go to Matthew chapter 8 real quick. Where the word of a king is, there is power and authority. A king rules and reigns in his kingdom and his realm with his words. Backing him up is all the power and might of that kingdom. I want to give you this example because this is such a powerful example of someone who understood authority. And I want you to notice how Jesus responds to him. This is Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word. And my servant will be healed. For I, am, I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go. And he goes. And to another, come. And he comes. To my servant, do this. And he does it. So what is this centurion saying to Jesus? Hey. I understand authority. I have people over me. I have people under me. The ones under me, all I got to do is speak a word and they're going to listen. They're going to do what I'm telling them to do. Jesus, I understand the authority you operate in. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I just got it one of them dumps. Poosh. Mm. All you got to do is speak the word, Jesus. I understand the authority. You have authority over sickness. You have authority over sickness. Verse 10, Jesus' response. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. How many know there's not many things that made Jesus marvel? In fact, if I believe I'm correct, there's only two times here, talking about great faith, and once because of people's unbelief. Isn't that something? But he marveled, he was impressed. Said to those who followed, him, surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. As you have believed, so let it be done for you. Here's the word of the Lord. And his servant was healed that same hour. Question. Did Jesus even go to the house where this servant was lying? there is no distance in the spirit my friends he didn't even have to be in the same place where this sick man was all he had to do was have someone in faith operating with him and jesus said as you have believed let it be undone to you as you have believed let it be done to you he spoke the word the servant was healed that centurion understood how authority works He understood the authority that Jesus operated in. Glory to God. He did not come to Jesus begging him. He did not come to Jesus, you know, crying and questioning whether it's going to happen. He simply said, speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. I understand authority. Speak the word. And Jesus spoke the word and it happened. You have that same kind of authority. You have that same kind of authority. People should come to you and say, my child is homesick, about to die. You come pray for them. I mean, when you pray for them, I'll come, I'll go to your house, I'll pray. You don't have to come to my house. Speak the word only. My servants, my child shall live. Be it unto you according to your faith. From that very moment, Healing, 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 healing. Can that happen with you and me? Why isn't it? Too many Christians are either ignorant to this or for whatever reason, they choose not to do it. But I'm going to ask you a simple question this morning. Are you going to rule and reign in this earth as the royalty that you are? Are you going to rule and reign in this earth Over the elements in this earth, over the wind and the waves, over the storms that are coming to try to take you and your family out? Are you going to rule and reign over Satan and all of his demons? Are you going to rule and reign over sickness and disease? Friends, these are not things we're supposed to fear. We're supposed to be so tanked up on what the word says. What does the Bible say? That when these kind of things happen in our lives, we just stand right there. Play confidence. In the name of Jesus, you are healed. Sickness, get off of my child in Jesus' name. That's all it takes. I said, that's all it takes. Are you going to operate in authority? Are you going to operate in authority? Because listen, if you're going to be a, 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 a trophy of Christ's victory and, 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 and show the world what it means to be a, a trophy of Christ's victory, to testify of Jesus' great, greatest victory of all time and the devil's eternal defeat, then you're going to have to rule and reign in this earth. And the way you rule and reign in this earth is with your words. Just real quick, I'm, I'm not even going to go to these. I'm going to give these people taking notes. Just, I'm going to give you these scriptures. There are other examples through the word. Listen to this just real quickly. John 4, 46-53. Jesus simply spoke the word. And his son, servants came running to the guy, and your son lives. Uh, Peter's mother-in-law, Luke four thirty-nine. Did Jesus pray for her? No. He just stood over her and rebuked the fever and left her. The paralytic that was lowered down through the roof in Mark 2. Jesus said, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your home. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all. That's not prayer, is it? He so simply spoke to the man, and got, it got, spoke the word, and it got results. How about the paralyzed man at the pool of Bethesda? Jesus, in John 5, J- Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Again, no prayer. Then uh, the man with the withered hand in Matthew 12, Jesus said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched out his hand and was, strong, was restored uh, as whole as the other. Are you seeing a pattern in all of these? Do you see the pattern right there? Jesus is demonstrating to you and me how we're supposed to do it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's showing us. He's giving us example after example how we're supposed to do it. Oh, glory to God. See, this gets me tanked up and excited. I know I've been studying this. If Jesus did it, we're supposed to do it. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about where redemption is concerned. Only he could have done that. But he showed us how we're supposed to live on the earth as human beings. He's given us everything we need to succeed in this life. We have the blood. We have the spirit. We have the word. Glory to God. We have authority in his name. And it's up to us to take advantage of it. Speak the word. Operate in that authority. Rise up. Be a living testimony of Jesus' greatest victory. The devil's greatest defeat. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Trophies of Christ's victory. It's you and me. Praise the Lord. Did you get some? Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. We'll close your eyes just real quickly. I know we're Christians in this place.